0: This drink, I like
1: it. I know, it's great, right? Another!
0: <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Film On Tap, the show where we got the tap that never runs out, where we talk all things movies and we have a damn good time doing it. Today, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Andre Skyite let's try that let's try that one, try that one more you, know, you know what, you know what? Let, 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 let's go with this let's go you know with what this. let's, let's what? Fuck it. Let's it. we're going out. live it's we're staying air, live man. you know what wow that's the let's... first time i've ever tripped up on your name i'm so sorry wow okay
2: it's it's all good that
0: was absolutely oh. inevitable you know as i was saying it i was like something tells me i'm gonna fuck this up somehow <laughs> today and you know what i was right anyway all right we're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. I'm here with Andres Gallego. There we go, and Nancy yeah. Rodriguez. But today we're also joined by a very special guest. Today we have Craig Gagne, or is it Gagne? God damn it! it it's, it's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. No one knows anyone's names anymore. Yeah.
0: Craig, just let the people how to let them know how to pronounce your last name because I'm 0 for two so far.
1: <laughs> I, <you're laughs> I pronounce it
3: Gagne. It's, a, it's a bastardization of the French word of Gagné, which is the French for winning. So you just call me winner. If you okay, going.
0: winner. That's perfect. Let the winning people... is in my bloodline. Winner. Gotcha. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today, Craig. It's a real pleasure to have you. And for Schmodown fans, of course, you will know him as the Barbarian, someone who's done amazingly well in that movie trivia competition. So it's a real pleasure to have you today. So let's just get things going. Let's let's take the show on the road here. So first up, we got a piece of movie news that we're going to be talking about, and that is that Boondock Saints 3 is officially greenlit with director Troy Duffy and stars um, Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery coming returning to the fold how do we feel about this let's start with Craig
3: so uh, I have to confess I've actually never seen uh, either of the first two Boondock Saints yeah. movies, but, okay. but what I have seen is uh the documentary <laughs> about the first Boondock Saints <laughs> film overnight gotcha. about how Troy Duffy um burned every single bridge in Hollywood and uh and and basically even though the film became a huge success he ended up with nothing from it because of the contracts he signed for it where he basically uh-huh. only only wanted the, the like uh theatrical uh numbers and the theatrical release uh was a huge bomb but then he but then it became a huge success on uh video and uh in the second hand market not the second market but like you know like post-theatrical market right. and uh he had in his contract uh received none none of those so even though, though the film became a huge hit uh huge hit i think i said a huge hit um, a, huge a huge
0: hit became just a huge turn <laughs> man like yeah um, but, uh,
3: the director himself was known as a huge something else and that uh ah, gotcha. yeah and so and so did not you know it's it's, it's almost uh, you know it's a case of hubris um but uh yeah so it's interesting to see that he um you know despite this uh they they've managed to get not like not just the fact that he's able to make these, keep making these movies. but the fact that he's will, able to get like the original stars to come back, Cause, like you know Norm is, Norman Reed reed especially has been mm-hmm. uh, very successful. So it says something that he wants to keep coming back to this franchise. And you know, I, I know they're popular, so I'll probably go back and watch the the first two and watch this third mm-hmm. one as well. But it's um, you know, it's it's yeah, I'm, I'm I I I don't have a, a ton of excitement. It's more more of a curiosity for me.
0: Gotcha. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Nancy, where do you fall? Have you seen the first two?
1: Yeah, I have seen the first two. Unfortunately, I have seen the second one, which was
0: oh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's so
1: bad. They <laughs> essentially tried to copy the first one, yeah. and they just did all the same jokes, and it didn't work. I I don't mm-hmm. I don't like the second one at all. But I think I'm on the same page in terms of curiosity. Is just. Mm-hmm i'm surprised they're doing a third one especially how bad the second one was and also for me i feel like coming back to movies so much later tends to not work a Mm. lot of times uh i'm you know things like zoolander like that was not great we don't Uh, talk about that exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so yeah i think i'm on the same page in terms of more curiosity than excitement about it
0: gotcha andres where do you fall uh you know what I'm gonna have a drink before I tell you where I fall oh, okay all right let's go mm.
2: <laughs> a drink of water <laughs>
0: oh that's right Craig just called you out how does that feel water is right cool. here yeah. buddy <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, okay. uh, but um yeah in terms of the Spoon Doc Saints news um here's the thing I've seen both films I, I I really enjoyed the first film, being for what it is. I saw it in college for the first time. The second one, I made a pilgrimage to a nearby town to go see the movie because it was in a very limited theatrical release. So mm-hmm. I drove forty five minutes away to go see that movie, and oh, oof. I, and, and like me and a couple of buddies, we all made it a day where it's like, yeah, let's go see the new Boondock Saints. And clearly, they loved the first one more than I did. Right. And then, yeah, no, that second one was was hot garbage. That second one was, it was so terrible. I will never get my time in 2009 back for that, but it's all good. <laughs> but having having said that, I am vaguely curious about what they could do with three. Maybe, maybe Troy Duffy learned some of the errors that he has done with the sequel and maybe he makes a better film. Maybe he does the smart choice of bringing back Willem Dafoe other than a small cameo at the very end. Sorry, spoilers for two right there, but there you Mm -hmm. go. But um, yeah, no, if, if anybody hasn't seen um, overnight, I would highly recommend seeing it, but I would also just recommend seeing it with the preface that it was, it was straight up a hatchet job. Like, one of the first things that I had done um, over at Columbia College was we were doing this um, this film review program and stuff like that. And Troy Duffy actually was nice enough to come in uh, with Nor- with not Norman Reeves, uh Sean pa- Sean Patrick Flannery um, mm-hmm. to do some press for it and to promote it over at our school. And you just saw just how excited. Sean Patrick was to be working with him and Norman And he spoke so many stories about Norman Reed as being very excited to come back and all this other stuff. And from what I've been told is that a lot of the stuff in Overnight is kind of a hatchet job uh, from the filmmakers themselves. But also it's just one of those things where it's just you point a camera at somebody and capture all the wrong moments and you cut that into a documentary. That's pretty much what you get but it is it is still fascinating to watch i would say but the other but where i'm going with that is basically just you know what like craig was saying there is a reason why people are coming back to work with troy duffy over and over and over again especially with these films so it's 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 going to be fascinating to see where the third film goes and it's just going to be interesting to see where what mistakes or what um new things will pop up with this next film because Mm -hmm. the premises are always great but then they sort of flub it by the midpoint which you know that's kind of what it is more curious more than anything else but you know
1: i love how you say i'm excited to see what mistakes they're gonna make
0: (laughs) (laughs) really holding let's see how
1: they mess this
0: up (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but i'm like very in like a similar boat as all you guys and that like i'm very I'm curious to see what he does with this sequel because I mean I love the first movie. I'll admit that I like the second movie probably more than most people do. It's like a guilty pleasure for me. They're just I don't know. They're just fun movies to me, especially since you know Willem Dafoe is just kind of going for broke in both of them, and I just love it so very very much. Um, <laughs>
2: As a drag queen in the first
0: it's movie, just, it's hilarious. It's, it's great. So- and like he had no right to give us that kind of performance but he did Uh, it anyway and I'm so thankful for it but you know like the this was a sequel I did not expect but the reason I'm hesitant about it is like nancy said when you're coming back to a franchise all these years later most of the time it doesn't really pan out and that like it just like it's too little too late you know look at zoolander look at anchorman even or look at dumb and dumber i mean it's just there's a lot of sequels that happen way after the fact where they don't even come close to recapturing the magic of the original and as a result they kind of taint those original movies a little bit more so i really don't Want them to do that here, but I do have faith that if they're coming back for another one, that maybe there is one more story left to tell. But again, time will, you know, tell with all of that whether or not it's going to be worth it and like a worthy adventure for all three of them. But in terms of a sequel that I really do want to see, that also Henry Cavill wants because I love a good segue and I feel like that was a pretty solid one, if I do say so myself. We're gonna talk about how Henry Cavill apparently wants to don the cape again he wants to be the man of steel once more he wants the sequel that he feels is very necessary to explore this character that i feel that he's done such a great job with despite him not getting the best material to work with so he came out recently and he said that he would love to finally have that man of steel sequel where he could really explore the character especially after killing general zod in that original man of steel film how do we feel about this do we want another man of steel movie is it a little bit too late at this point? Do we still want to see Henry Cavill as this character? Let's start with Andres on this one.
2: I know you're going to start with me first
0: on know. this one. <laughs> I don't that feeling man.
1: We're taking turns too. We're taking turns.
2: God, Andres, God. <laughs> oh man. See my thoughts on Henry Cavill returning. I mean, clearly, I'm a fan. Clearly of a fan, right? (laughs) I know you just had
1: that ready to go.
2: (laughs) Had that ready to go, but it usually always sits on the side of my desk right here every time. But, oh, man. All right. I absolutely agree with you 100% fully on this one, Tom, where it's like he hasn't had nearly, I mean, like he's got the makings of a great Superman. He's got the look down. He's got the, the enthusiasm for the character. No In any interview that I've seen him, he always just speaks very, very eloquently on what it means to be Superman and what that entails and the understanding of that character and just hearing what his inspirations were for Man of Steel and BBS and so on and so forth. It's just like, oh, he, he has all the ingredients right there. The only thing is... I don't think, as much as I love Snyder as a director, I don't think he had a full handle on that character as well as he should have. Um, at least not until the uh, uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, for sure, because that that was kind of the first time where I went, "Oh yeah, that's that's um, that's the Superman I know and love, even though he's wearing a black suit." But and uh, but yeah, I, I think with the right filmmaker, he could. St- for lack of a better word, soar in the sky.
0: <laughs> with, with oh, the, with oh the God, roll. should we stop recording now? Because I feel like we've just lost it. I think we just jumped Jag. the flag. Craig
1: did not appreciate that
0: much. Craig was like, yeah, no, I'm good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's one of those things where, again, um, I mean, I know he's gotten criticized a lot for um, sort of being a little bland in the role. I, I, I can't argue against that. It's just one of those things where, I've seen him in other things, and I've seen him be stronger in other things, and maybe perhaps Man of Steel and all his Superman movies are not necessarily the best uh, gauge for that. But there was talks of um, at one point uh, uh, Chris um, Chris McQuarrie from uh, from uh, the Mission Impossible movies actually coming in to do a Man of Steel sequel at one point. I was Ooh. just I was just so on amazing. Board. It would have been amazing. And then also on top of that, people forget that Chris McCrory actually wrote the first couple of drafts of um, of the first X-Men movie with, with Singer. So he, d- he has dabbled in comic books quite a bit before in the past. But I just think Cavill's got all the makings of a great Superman. He just needs someone to sort of hone that in and focus in on that. So that's why I feel on that. If he wants to come back, oh, my God, DC, let it happen. Please
0: let it happen. Gotcha. Nancy, where, where are you falling on this one?
1: Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Henry Cavill come back. It's not him that I have an issue with. I just don't know if I need a sequel to Man of Steel, to be honest. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be the theme of the day for me with a lot of stuff we're talking about in terms <laughs> of I'm on the fence. It's not bad. I'm probably will still go see it, but it's not something I'm like very excited about or I feel that I need this to, con- you know. To kind of complete what was already done um i will say that's a fair point that he makes in terms of he didn't get a chance to really explore a lot of the character it was you know he did man of steel and then it was like he had uh all these other movies where he had an ensemble cast so it wasn't like he got to do it himself for other right. than that one movie mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess i, I ultimately i'm on the fence so i i will go see it i'm i would be happy to have henry Cannibal back that's not something i feel i need
0: gotcha. Craig, where, do you, w- w- let's see where you fall on this one. I'm curious.
1: So so much
3: like Andre's had his uh Superman to, to show his fandom. I'm going to uh, do it. As you can see, I'm more a team Marvel than team uh.
0: um
3: than team DC. That being said, <laughs> um you know, I, in terms of the movies that they've made, um I uh, I'm I'm with uh what, what you guys have said that it's like I don't I don't put the blame on him for the previous uh uh films being a bit lackluster and I and I think that of the three that Man of Steel was the best of the three. So I would like to see, mm-hmm. you know, him come back, be able to continue that story. Um, I'm curious who they would get to direct it. Whether it would be in a you know Snyder coming back, or if they would go you know I, I I'm personally a huge fan of McQuarrie as well. So Lang Macquarie just worked with him on uh, of course Mission Impossible Fallout. So mm-hmm. it would be you know that would be a curious way to go with it. And also it's like look at the end of the day. Henry Cavill can't have his last appearance as Superman be with that weirdly uh CGI'd baby mouth that he had in uh Justice <laughs> League. Like we we you know, you can't, it's it's like it's like Harrison Ford coming back for Indiana Jones 5 after Indiana Jones 4. It's like, oh, it's like you know, even though that last movie was a turd, like let him come back and and do something better with it. Uh um, right. yeah. not, not, not to say the man of steel was a turd.
2: You
0: know, the (laughs) Justice Anyway. The Justice League.
2: The Justice
3: League. Yeah,
0: God. No, I mean, I totally agree in that, like, I love giving people redemption for a character that I think that they're right for, but they just weren't in the right movie with that character. Like, you brought it up perfectly with Indiana Jones. I think we can all agree, Indy 4, not the best movie and not what we wanted from that character. So the fact that we have James Mangold directing that with Indy coming back, I think we can get the redemption that we deserve with that one personally. But when it comes to henry cavill as superman i agree with andres in that i think he's got everything you like you have all the necessary things to be a great superman you've got the look you've got the charisma he's shown that charisma in various movies and i think he even started to show that charisma as superman in Zack snyder's justice league and even in like the final like 15 minutes of like the this week, where you actually got to see him be that kind of bright bubbly Superman that like, you know, a lot of comic book fans have really come to know and love. And I think he's really talented actor. I think he's great as that character. And I'm one of those people. I definitely do love man of steel. It's a movie that's grown on me the more I've watched it. And I really did like that. That was my favorite appearance for him as Superman. I kind of felt like Batman V Superman made him far too dark when he's not really meant to be that kind of character. Um, So I really want to see him come back. I mean, Man of Steel made a shit ton of money. I mean, it was a big box office success, so I was very shocked that they never actually made like a full-on Man of Steel sequel. But if there is a sequel, I would really like someone fresh behind the camera and someone fresh in the writer's room to kind of rejuvenate this character and give... Cavill the script and movie that he deserves because I think he even feels I don't think I've gotten my due as this character I don't think that I've delivered on this character the way the fans deserve and I really appreciate that passion that he has for the character and I mean, if you brought in Christopher McQuarrie to write and direct a Superman movie, especially since they work together on Mission Impossible, and Macquarie's a really talented director and writer, I think that could be the makings of a really great, probably very grounded superhero movie for the most part, considering that McQuarrie really loves his practical stunt work. He likes things to feel grounded and realistic, even if he's dealing with otherworldly kind of things. So I'm very excited about the prospect of maybe that possibly happening, but all in all, I really want cavill to get the redemption he deserves as his character and you know i really think that he has the makings to be one of the best superman if not the best if he actually got the movies he did deserve but then again kind of up in the air unfortunately but Mm -hmm. in you know speaking of superheroes speaking of comic book properties we're going to segue right now into trailers we got a couple big ones to talk about the first of which we got a trailer the uh, past couple weeks for Morbius, which stars Jared Leto as the comic book character. We got our first big look at the movie, our big full length trailer for the movie that I think is coming out in February, I believe now. So, yeah, February. Wait, was it February? January. Oh, January. See, this is is why. We're we're, we're having we're we're, we're going to have a really great
2: january this year we're going to have scream we're going to have Morbius yeah. next week right afterwards it's and the, it's and the be best happy. part is
0: that january is usually that like dumping ground where studios just kind of dump all their crap and now it's like we're actually getting movies we're genuinely excited for which is really cool but uh we got our a brand new look at the movie so what did we think of this new morbius trailer craig let's start with you lead us off
3: um so I feel like in general a lot of people have an issue with Jared Leto over his performance as the Joker and I feel like I feel like the public um you know feeling towards him especially the public feeling of comic book fans towards him is head soured but I'm personally a big fan of his work, both in music and in film, and mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm very excited for this. Especially, you know, they've they've hinted since the first trailer that this was going to be tied into the greater MCU by the inclusion of uh, Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture character, and you know, now that we've seen in the you know in Venom uh let there be carnage that they are directly tying into the mcu and then that uh you know we, we and we see that this is directly tied into venom not just with the you know references to the uh events of venom let there be carnage but then also him literally at the end of the trailer saying i am venom um uh, so it's you know <laughs> yeah. which which by the way my favorite my favorite moment of the trailer just uh just the the, the humor showcase there uh again just it, it's you know, I, I feel like with this Sony S- Spider-Man Rogues Gallery universe we're getting is the si- the side universe I'll call it. Um It's uh you know they're they're going a little darker, but also like still keeping with the humor. And I I don't know mm-hmm. I, I like I like what they've done with the first two Venoms, and I'm excited to see uh what what comes from this. Also the, the cast is fantastic. Uh uh Jared Harris, I'm I'm excited to see more from John uh wait, hold on. But, well, sorry, I almost said the wrong name. Uh Tay Diggs, not so much. I mean not that not that he's bad. I just didn't see it <laughs>
0: not to dig at Diggs, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> Tyrese Gibson?
3: Oh wait! Oh Jesus Christ! Sorry, my brain. I blame the <laughs>
0: because 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 if Tay oh, Diggs was in
2: this, I'd be more interested.
0: That's I know. So funny. I, don't, I don't remember him in the trailer, but maybe I'm just Tyrese not remembering. Gibson.
1: No, that's literally sorry. what I was thinking. I was like, Tay Diggs is in so this. I definitely oh missed God. that. No,
0: I was just like, wow, I need to watch this trailer again. I'm
1: never being invited back. Yeah, no. Um, sorry. No.
3: Strike Tyrese one, Craig. Me. Let's oh. keep drinking. Dude, oh, Ty- Ty- Tyrese Gibson. Jeez, oh, no, I, I love Tay Diggs except for Rent. F rent, um, but um,
2: whoa, that's a hot take. true Tay Digs fan, right? No,
3: there. are you kidding me? Rent, yeah. is, I rent is awful. I rent is. Oh, uh, sorry, my cat just bit me um because I was talking about rent. Um,
1: <laughs> she also does not like rent. <laughs> she.
3: Oh, yeah, I think she agreed. She's going again for it. Okay, but um, yeah, anyway, um, no, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, at the end of the day, I am excited.
0: Awesome. Nancy, how did you feel about this Morbius trailer that stars Tate Eggs, apparently?
1: <laughs> well, I'd also like to point out that uh, you pronounce his name Jared Leto, uh, and I've not heard it pronounced that way before, so interesting.
0: I feel like it goes like either way. I feel like I've even kind of bounced back and forth with that.
1: It's Jared Leto, for sure. That's oh! how you pronounce
0: it. Scream at me, Nancy. Jeez.
1: <laughs> we need to get it right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Again, this is what I'm on the fence of. Uh, I will agree. I like that it looks darker and that they Mm -hmm. are somewhat keeping that uh, humor to it, but um, mainly keeping it a dark movie. It looks interesting. I just, for whatever reason, I can't put my finger on it why I'm not as excited. Mm -hmm. Maybe it might. I think it might be because... It is a Marvel movie, and it doesn't quite feel the same way had it not been a Marvel movie. I was coming into it just like as whatever a movie that was not connected to it whatsoever. I would think it, it looks like a solidly good movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I mean, Andres, do you feel a little bit differently? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like, I'm say
1: shaded. <laughs> what? Oh, Andres, you
0: oh i, I guess i'm oh, An- gonna put himself on mute there for a second <laughs> no andres i was i was, I was saying that uh, i'm curious if you are on the same page as nancy Where like are you not as excited for it or are you excited for it like where do you fall on it
2: oh yeah no no i'm i'm actually i'm actually pretty interested in this film for sure um here's the thing say what you will about the sony films and about how like you know maybe they're not capturing the spirit of certain characters here and there but I personally really enjoyed venom let there be carnage i was very surprised by that i mean as we talked about in our very first episode together um yeah it's it's one of those things where i'm in agreement with nancy in certain elements where it's like even though all the makings of a good superhero movie are there something feels a little artificial about it and something feels a little kind of studio driven if that makes any sense Mm-hmm. But I will say one thing, I'm going to give Sony the benefit of a doubt on this one only for one reason, and it is because no matter how people think about what Sony has done with Spider-Man and all this other stuff, I personally think Sony has made better Spider-Man films than, than uh, the MCU has. That is a very I, I, hot I take. But, yeah, but, 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 but like Sony... Oh, okay. So there you go.
1: Not a hot take in this group chat right here. Not a hot take. You're in a safe space. <laughs> yes,
2: I'm in a very safe space. But but t- to that point, like so many people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I think every MCU movie has been very solid, but they have not been nearly as good as Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And that's one that people constantly always forget. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that was really damn good. And it's like, yeah. So, who knows maybe the trailers look a little look a little um i mean they're definitely uh, this last trailer was definitely a lot better than the previous one i would say and it definitely did get me more excited for the role and jared jared leto i mean jared leto jared leto, jared leto duke leto whatever you want whatever you want to call <laughs> look, just, it guys. Point of <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean he's i mean he is. He's a pretty damn good actor. I mean, like, he, like, come on, he's won an Oscar for crying out loud. I mean, Dallas Buyers Club, he was amazing. In. Um, also, uh, Mr. Nobody, I thought was a really great performance by him as well, too. So, like, who knows? I, I, I don't look at the faults of Suicide Squad as being his own. I look at that as being sort of David Ayer because. You know again at the end of the day an actor can only act the director can only push the direction forward so right uh, i'll be willing to give jared letter the benefit of the doubt for this one and he looks i mean like like you watch any interview that he's in doing this movie and he looks super pumped to be there so i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be hopeful for morbius
0: okay all right i mean i feel like um i'm way more excited for it than i was especially after that first trailer because i feel like that first trailer was like oh my god this looks horrible like it looked like early 2000s in like the bad way but Mm -hmm. now it's weird it's like i have this kind of slight 180 where now it feels like it looks like early 2000s in kind of a good way so like it's kind of like i feel like sony's tapping into this like early 2000s superhero movie kind of feel to kind of maybe differentiate their films from like mcu projects or you know something like that and I'm kind of digging it and like I mean I've enjoyed the two Venom movies we've gotten. I really enjoyed the new Venom and I feel like this character is more suited for Jared Leto. I'm going to go with Leto today. Leto might be tomorrow. Leto's today. (laughs) But I think he's way more suited for this character. He looks like he's more comfortable as this character, if that makes sense, where it just feels like it's more easygoing. He's having fun with it. You know, he really is kind of like relishing being in the role. And I feel like this kind of dark, brutish character who ultimately kind of has a good heart and is dealing with a lot of things that are out of his control seems like very in his, you know, wheelhouse. And I really liked seeing him in this trailer. Some of the special effects look pretty cool. Like the Morbius look looks pretty fucking awesome which I'm really excited for and kind of tying into Venom a little bit like Craig said at the end of the trailer that was my favorite moment too because I did not expect it at all and I was like oh that's such a great way of kind of like reminding people this isn't like in the same universe and I mean i'm excited at the prospect of like you know the venom universe and this more universe combining with the mcu universe i'm very curious to see how well they mesh together or if it's going to kind of feel like two very you know different worlds colliding in a bad way but i'm still very optimistic about just the prospect of seeing all these characters in the same universe but i think at the end of the day like i enjoyed watching this trailer and it made me more excited for it than i was initially um and i think that it has the potential to kind of be like a new venom where I'm just like, yeah, I want to see more of this character. Cause Morbius, I don't know if you guys watched the, um, the like early nineties Spider-Man show, like the animated one yeah. where like, He was always one of my favorite characters whenever he would pop up because like I just love the character I love the whole tragic backstory of it even like spider-man didn't even want to like Hurt him because he kind of like felt for the guy and I just like I was like Oh, this would be such a great live-action movie if they cast it right So I'm kind of getting those vibes. So for me, I'm like, okay, I think this movie's on the right track I'm kind of getting those like early 90s spider-man animated series vibes and I'm like I'm all for that But I think we can all agree. I I feel like we're all cautiously optimistic about it. We're definitely curious about it um but we we'll, you know, come January we'll see where this one falls, and if it's as good as we want it to be, or maybe if it's just a dumpster fire, time will tell. But uh, moving on to a new trailer, we're kind of doing a 180 now from comic book property to I Love Lucy. We're going to be talking about Being the Ricardos, which is a new film from writer director Aaron Sorkin that tells the story of um, Lucille Ball and her husband uh, Ricky. Right? Am I? It's Ricky, right? Ricky okay. yeah, Ricardo. Yeah, Ricky Ricardo. Jesus, I don't know. I'm having a brain fart today. But uh,
3: Tay Diggs stars as Ricky Ricardo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's he's just like really deep into character, like method. So yeah, it stars Tay Diggs. It stars Javier Bardem. It stars Nicole Kidman, and it tells the story of the Ricardos. It tells kind of like the backstory of the Isle of Lucy show, some of the drama behind the scenes, and kind of the toll that it took on those you know um, two real life individuals. So we we got a new trailer recently for the movie. We got kind of like a teaser prior to that. So how do we feel about this new Tay Diggs film? Let's go to Andres first. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. As far as Tay Diggs goes, <laughs> you know I'm gonna absolutely when we promote this episode, I'm absolutely tagging him in it just to see if he's like, you know what, guys? I'm happy you mentioned me. I'm happy that you're promoting my projects for me.
2: <laughs> we love Tay
3: Diggs. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, oh, I, but, I got um, to talk smack about him initially, so I don't know. Um... <laughs> oh wait, but
2: Anyways. but in terms of this film, in terms of um, in terms of this film with Aaron Sorkin. Uh, see, right off the bat, as soon as you tell me it's an Aaron Sorkin project, I'm going to be right on board with it because Aaron Sorkin is most definitely one of the best writers working today. I mean, like if if you just if you just turn off the video on certain on certain of, of his films that he's written and that he's written, the the writing is so smooth it's so crystal clear it's so fantastic it's like music to my ears every time like every time i listen to an aaron sorkin script or i read an aaron sorkin script as a writer way back when in film school it was just like a big slap in the face like you can't do this you can't do work this great <laughs> You're but, only- um, <laughs> but but having said that the trailer itself looks really interesting in terms of where they're going with it and in terms of where they're going with um with the drama aspect. However, I will say Javier Bardem doesn't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily strike me as Ricky Ricardo, but what would I rather prefer? Would I rather prefer someone who I know is going to give me a great performance or someone that's going to capture the mannerisms of what Ricky was way back when in the day, I'm going to go more towards the acting ability more than anything else, because all those recreations of I love Lucy are, it looks like they're going to play very minimally in the, in the film. However, also, I will say that Nicole Kidman looks freaking fantastic in the role. And I'm so super, super pumped for this movie. I mean, like any of these like behind the scenes of Hollywood, old school Hollywood type of stories, I'm, all i'm all in on like i know when it came out way back when the day um hollywoodland wasn't necessarily one of the most um well-received films of that year Mm -hmm. either and but i just really dug it for just
0: yeah i like that that's one with adrian brody right yeah
2: adrian brody and then also ben affleck plays Ben affleck
0: as uh, george reeves right
2: yeah ben affleck is george reeves and and that film I, I, I felt like I felt like it was sort of what
0: Black Dahlia was trying to do a few exactly. months ago. Exactly. Didn't earlier. they come out in the same year? They came out in the same year. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was always way better. Because I remember I was like pumped for both of them. Sorry to cut you off. I just remember like, I got excited that someone brought up these movies because I felt like they were just like forgotten. No, but uh yeah, Hollywood <laughs> lands like way better.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So like this sort of gave me those type of vibes all over again. And so I'm just really excited to see what Sorkin uh pulls off with this. Comes out in three days, so that that's going to be fantastic and then also on top of that the reviews have been stellar for it so far so i i I think we i think we have another winner here sorkin just keeps giving us a movie every year and they keep getting better and better and better so yeah
0: awesome craig where we fall on this one man
2: so so
3: (laughs) before we go too far down this rabbit hole of uh so Ricky Ricardo is actually the fictional character. The actual actor's name is Desi Arnaz. Um,
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh my God. That's why I was unsure. Thank you, Craig. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Even when he said, it, "I was like,
3: something Tiggs sounds Tiggs weird about Ricky this." Ricardo. Javier Bardem is playing. Desi oh, so a
0: dual role mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Boy,
3: um, anyway, the um so. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that um you know one one of the, that uh, you brought up that uh, you don't know if Javier is going to be exactly the right fit for it and I think part of that and it's um you know I I love Javier Bardem uh particularly you know no, no country for old men but the um uh the, the uh, so something a friend of mine pointed out when he first heard about the casting is that it's like you know we've got this iconic uh You know, pair of uh, American comedian, comedic actors playing both being played by non-American performers. I mean, Nicole Kidman's technically Hawaiian, but you know, she's really Australian. And uh, you know, so it's 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 odd that um, you know it'll be interesting to see how well they fit in. But it's like you know, Mm -hmm. Desi Arnaz was Cuban American, uh, whereas Javier Bardem doesn't you know doesn't uh, bring that to the table with him, Um, and. You know, I'm not sure. You know, who the who uh, who a right fit for it would have been. Maybe like an Andy Garcia, but uh, probably a little bit they're about the same age i don't know the point point is, is that uh it, you know going back to other things that andres has said though, is that i i too am always in awe of uh sorkin dialogue sorkin writing um and i think that sorkin's first two directorial efforts of molly's game and uh, uh the trial of chicago seven were both um big uh big uh I would say the successes they were both uh uh really really great <laughs> really well done films and uh, yeah, so seeing the trailer for this, it made me, you know, realize how much I don't know of behind the scenes what was going on. And I, mm-hmm. you know, the, all the, you know, co- considering that the, you know, public image of Lucille Ball is just, you know, like the, you know, the, the, you know, one one of smiling and laughing and comedy. And, uh, you know, she even says in the, she says in the trailer, it's like, I'm Lucille Ball. You'll know when I'm being funny, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, showing, showing the, uh, you know, the difference between the, uh, the public face and the private face that we'll be getting in this film. And I'm very excited
0: to see that awesome nancy what were we uh at on this one
1: uh yeah i think i'm interested to see what did happen behind the scenes uh when i was in sixth grade i actually went through a huge uh tv land phase where i was watching oh, wow. everything from like happy days and Mork and mindy uh uh and then i love lucy was on there right. as well and so i watched a lot of i love lucy growing up so i it's, the show is very near and dear to my heart, but I'm excited to see what is, you know, what happened behind the scenes. And I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know she like went through a rough divorce um, with Desi Arnaz, and then there was a lot of just personal things going on in her life. Um, so I'm excited for them to bring that to the forefront. I will say I was a little bit hesitant in terms of their casting. I was afraid it was very much like... Here's a famous redhead, put her in that role. Here's a right. famous Latin actor, put him in that role. Um, mm-hmm. And I am a little bit hesitant as, in terms of Javier Bardem doing this because within the show, uh, Desi Arnaz, you know, brought a lot of his Cuban roots to I Love Lucy, and that was like a huge thing for him to uh, incorporate that into a show that he was doing. So I hope that he does well by that. Mm -hmm. um but we we shall see and also did they do something to nicole kidman's face
0: yeah okay yeah yeah
1: i was like it looks like she has prosthetics on or something Mm -hmm. but yeah
3: that's all she won her first oscar prosthetics so she's going back
1: mm -hmm. for it yeah (laughs) fair enough enough. uh but i will say she did get her very raspy smoky uh voice down in the trailer you can kind of hear it a little bit
0: uh Mm -hmm. when she's
1: not in her show voice i guess I guess you could say which i thought was kind
0: of cool but yeah those are my thoughts i mean uh i'm definitely in the same page as a lot of you guys i'm like very excited for this movie obviously because i'm a huge fan of aaron sorkin i just love his screenplays and i feel like each one of his directorial films like it just keeps getting better and better like molly's game you could tell you know he was definitely kind of getting his bearings but the script was still really good so it kind of kept you watching trial of the chicago seven i thought was really strong and i loved the script for that movie and was so well done um, so i'm very excited because this one looks visually stunning like especially in terms of like the production value very impressed with that and of course i feel like he's hiding a lot of that great aaron sorkin dialogue for the movie itself which i'm always a fan of you know save the goods for when you actually see the movie um, but like you know watching this first two trailers i wasn't sure like is this gonna be good especially like with the casting choices i was definitely Thinking Nicole Kidman, okay, I, I can buy her as this, but I was in the same boat as you guys of, like, can I really buy Javier Bardem as Desi, especially, you know, when I was growing up, I would watch the I Love Lucy show, so, you know, it was very near and dear to my heart, so I was like, I don't really see you as his character, but then again, I give Sorkin the benefit of the doubt, because I don't know if you guys have seen this the Danny Boyle-Steve Jobs movie. Oh, I love that movie, which I love. And I think we can all agree that Michael Fassbender looks and sounds nothing like Steve Jobs. And yet I felt like he captured the spirit of him so well, and I was captivated the entire time. So I think Sorkin has a way of taking actors um, that don't necessarily maybe look and sound the way that you want them to in terms of a real life figure, but still... Giving them such good dialogue. And when you're picking a great actor like Javier Bardem, I think he'll at least capture the spirit of desi in a way i think will please people and so like i'm going to reserve my judgment on that until i see the movie because like i said michael fassbender i think captured the spirit of steve jobs in a way that was really great even though he didn't like look and sound like steve jobs but i felt like he did a phenomenal job so i think javier bardem can definitely bring that kind of spirit to the role so i'm looking forward to that and just because i've also heard great reviews of this movie i am so on board for it like i can't wait I love Aaron Sorkin screenplays. Like Andre said, when you hear them, you, like whenever you think you're like a good writer or that like you're a relatively smart person, you hear like one exchange of dialogue between characters, and you're like, "I'm a piece of garbage." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel yeah, I, why I, I
3: I I try.
0: try? Why try? Yeah, it's like why I mean, try? Why, why even put this pen to paper? It's over.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I I legitimately remember moving out to LA back in 2015 when Steve Jobs had just come out. And then literally, I remember I was in the middle of like writing like three or four screenplays. And then I remember seeing that incredible sequence in in Steve Jobs where it is going through an argument in three different timelines and they're all seamlessly blending. And I just went, so good. God, (laughs) God, Sorkin. All right, all right, you're the man. All right, I get it. I'm going to toss my horror screenplay over to the side and work on that a little later.
0: Yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, I always feel like, I get angry at people that are like, you know, I don't like Aaron Sorkin dialogue because like people don't sound like that. People aren't that smart. People aren't that witty. I'm like, it's a movie, and at the yeah. end of the day, it's like these characters basically say and do the things that you wish you could. That's why, like, you know, movies are like an outlet. They're like a vicarious experience. Like they like they're the kind of people you kind of want to be, where like you you have that comeback when you need it most. You you know have the exchanges that you wish you could have, and you know uh, maybe think about after the fact. You know, like, the way I, like, always think about aaron sorkin dialogue it's like when you get into a fight with somebody and you don't come up with like the best things to say until like maybe a half hour after that argument's (laughs) over and yet he's thought of that already and it's in the movie and you get angry because like you wish you could be that person so like that's like why i always like laugh and smile whenever i watch his dialogue because it's just so good and just so witty and sharp and the way he's able to kind of meld different timelines and make things flow so seamlessly and then you're also behind the camera trying to direct this thing i mean it's very commendable. So I'm really excited for this one. And I can't wait to see it. I think it hits Amazon Prime uh, in later December. I think it's hitting theaters soon, like Andre said. So I'm very curious to see what other critics think of it. There's only been kind of a limited amount of reactions so far. But I think uh, if those reactions are anything to kind of gauge what the general reception is going to be for this one, I think we have another Aaron Sorkin winner on our hands. And speaking of winners, or at least in my mind, a winner, we're going to be delving into kind of the movie of the week that we're going to be talking about now. And that is Marvel's latest project, The Eternals, which hit theaters, uh, I think, a week or so ago and it's you know number one for the second weekend in a row and craig i just want to say you look like the most marvelous bond villain stroking your cat <laughs> okay. yeah, I it's, like uh, I to say that the entire show but i was waiting for the cat to come back and yes. it's like she knew it's like she knew i needed to say it <laughs> yep.
3: but uh, over the world
0: yeah just one cat at a time one stroke at a time that's one more key stroke in your master plan but
3: uh <laughs> no, mr talking. bond i expect you to die
0: hey look you even got the part down see like it writes itself am i wrong (laughs) (laughs) but you know what craig since you already seem like you're kind of a master of your own dominion over there let's go to you what did you think of marvel's eternals we're going to preface these reactions with uh there might be some spoilers in here so if you haven't seen the movie yet um definitely beware there might be some spoilers thrown in here but you have been warned but anyway without further ado craig what did you think of marvel's the eternals
3: um so (laughs) I went into the Eternals. I, I I didn't read any of the reviews because I knew that, uh, you know, I'd seen the headlines that it was going to be, you know, um, the first, the first uh, rotten, uh, the rotten tomato score. I haven't even looked to see what the actual percentage was. Cause they consider something that with 59% positive reviews rotten, which is, I don't know, odd for me that if, if uh, yeah. more than half the people liked it, they still say, well, it's a rotten movie. It's like, what? Okay. Um, so that being said, I, um, you know, I, I put it. I feel like I put it about midway in the in the MCU rankings. It's probably probably like upper lower half. Like you know, like like the it's probably in the second half, but like near the near the top of the second half, uh, in terms of like my personal <laughs> rankings. If that gotcha. makes sense, but uh, no, it's a uh, it's it's definitely different than any other MCU film. I feel like I I did you know I enjoyed it. Um, I feel like, you know, it 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 seems to at points get a little overburdened with the sheer volume of ideas and characters that they uh, try to cram into it, and then the most interesting of the characters get the least screen time, which is somewhat frustrating. Like you know, like mm-hmm. the three characters that they the the, the, the so you know the in spoiler territory when the group reforms the three characters that i thought thought were the most interesting characters in the film were the last three that they got back together and you know i wanted to see more makari i wanted to see more druig i wanted to see more fastos and um you know i think that's a good thing for the prospects of this franchise moving forward if one of the you know if one of the complaints is I wanted to see more of your movie. You know, I wanted to. See, I wanted to see more of these characters that were in your movie. Um, you know, it's. Um, I I almost feel like this would. It, it felt like something that would have been better served as a just a standalone epic sci-fi story. And now I know why they. You know, clearly. Clearly, it's being you know brought into the bigger to help tell this bigger story, but um, you know I, I feel like that's both a positive and a negative of the film that it does it feels so disconnected from the rest of the MCU. Not in not just in the fact that we we don't see a single other character that was that has previously appeared in a marvel film in an mcu film in this in this we we hear references to them we hear mm-hmm. you know we get name drops of thanos thor odin luffy captain america um iron man um you know we get uh I maybe i don't know if i'm forgetting any but like but like we have got name drops of all of these characters to say oh no we're we're in you know we're in the mcu but it's um you know it's also you know just like the lack of seeing them physically interact with them makes it seem somewhat uh, so- somewhat separate. But then also it's like you know even the way they you know most MCU films when you're in the theater, you you're you you're the you can know the film is beginning because you hear that music and you see those credits, like the signature Mm. Marvel Studios logo. And uh, the and sometimes there's a little delay before we get to that in some of the films, but it's the, normally we start with that. This one, we don't start with it. There's a bit of a delay before we even get the the, the logo to show that, yes, this is a Marvel Studios film. And Mm. even when we see that, we don't get that music. So again, it's like just from the get-go, they don't treat it like it's a, you know, it doesn't get a lot of the same just kind of trappings that we have in these films. Um, and it, uh, you know, it it isn't completely lacking of humor, but we don't get as much humor as we normally do with the MCU, uh, which, you know, some people may see that as a positive. You know, I I personally enjoy the humor and I enjoyed the humor that was in this film. I loved the character. I think my I think my favorite character and a lot of, well, one of my favorite characters, a lot of people's favorite characters was Turan, um, the valet to Kingo. And, <laughs> right. uh, you know, like the interplay between Kingo and Turan throughout the whole film was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> he's, you know, they're like, they're like, we should save the inhabitants of this planet. He's like, Yes, I'm I'm a bit biased. I'm human. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's he's uh you know it's, it's just, it it's um you know we uh, I I enjoyed what was there uh again with them, like I said about the other characters, I enjoyed what was there with them. I just wanted to see more of it. Um and when you have I think were there am I counting correctly, were there ten eternals uh in the main portion of the story, not counting the post credits and uh and you know when you when you have a film with 10 an ensemble film with 10 main characters that's that's a you know that's that's even more uh burdensome than cloud atlas in terms of the amount of characters they were trying to have you focus on you know and Mm -hmm. it's um you know i I think i think it was a big swing and i feel like they hit a it's a stand-up double Big took it, took you know, they ain't they shot for the fences. They tried to do a try to hit a try to hit a home run, got a stand up double, Mm -hmm. respectable effort. Uh, liked what I saw. Can't wait to see another one.
0: Gotcha. All right. I really like the baseball analogy there. I I can't say I disagree with that. Um, Nancy, where'd you fall on this one?
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think it was, if I was, you know, grading it, I would give it a solid B. I think it's a fine movie, but I don't think it's something that I, it's not a movie. I walked out of being like, Oh my gosh, I have to tell someone to watch this. I'm so excited about it. Um, but it was solidly good. And I think uh, taking that and moving it forward is what's going to be the the more exciting portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um I will say, though, my God, the fucking representation in this movie, I was so excited about (laughs) just having a character who is deaf and using ASL within the uh, in the movie. Yes. Okay. I always accidentally say ALS and on accident. (laughs) All the time, ASL, ASL, American Sign Language. was just so exciting to see it. Really, I just loved it so much. And then having someone who is also, you know, gay and has a husband in the movie again, spoilers, but it's a great spoiler. It's something that I think hasn't been brought to the table yet within the, you know, MCU. And I was so excited to see it. Um, I will say, I think the things that people didn't like about it that were made it different from an MCU movie, I actually liked. Um, right from the get-go when we got a scroll, I was like, oh, okay. It's a little different. We haven't had that before. Mm-hmm. But that also cued me into, okay, we're going to get a lot of information within this movie that we're going to uh, have to digest. And I think that was the issue I had was there was just so much going on. It took a lot to actually digest that within the time frame we had for the movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. overall, I would say a solid B.
0: All right. The movie
3: lasted seven thousand years.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> Andres, how about you?
2: You know, I'm gonna have to preface this a little, a little more actually, and just say that Jack Kirby's Eternals is a very weird project to bring forward. It is, it is a comic where, if you read it, it's it meanders quite a bit. It's more about all the existential questions. So when they announced they were going to make this, I was kind of like, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a good movie, but you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And the diversity of the characters is right there on the page as well. But I will say one thing before going any further into this. I know a lot of people are giving Chloe... 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 Um, Chloe. Um, yeah. like, Yeah, I I know a lot of people are giving her um, kind of a little bit of a hard time with directing this film in terms of like, if you can go from an indie sensibility to a big budget sensibility. I personally don't see that as the problem. I just sort of see that it is a problem with the source material right off the bat. And I will say one thing. um, I was not a fan of Nomadland. I actually, I actually thought that movie was kind of a mess at certain points, but the direction, or at least everything about it, apart from the story, I thought was great. But going into this, I was still very, very, um, very, very interested to see what kind of sensibility she would bring to something like this. And Mm. in terms of also a weird property like Jack Kirby's Eternals, um, I think for the most part, they... The ingredients that they had in it really worked. I like as Nancy said, the, the cast was fantastic all the way through, and as Craig was saying, um, just some of some of the bigger ideas of this in the the span and the timeline of it being over seven thousand years, it mm. is different, and they swung for the fences. However, for me, it only worked half the time. I would say. Be, and, and it's and it's not from the lack of, of the story or it's not from a lack of direction. I think more than anything else, for me personally, it felt too short, too short of the story. The, the, as a theatrical experience, it feels too short for it because it feels like they're cramming so much in. But I would have loved, I would have <laughs> killed to have seen this as a Disney Plus original series. Because with that, you would be able to follow every single one of these characters the burden on you is not to introduce 10 characters in the span of, you know, let's say three hours. That's a very tough act to pull. And unfortunately for the majority of all these characters, I I didn't feel as connected with them as I as I as I wanted to. And like Do you the think one that
1: taking yes. it to a series and then eventually doing a movie would have been better. Cause I feel like it was so much background information that mm. there wasn't a lot in the movie that was actually happening present time, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. Yeah, um, it, it, it could have worked as just having it be a Disney Plus series and then keeping it in the Disney Plus realm, but having them appear in the theatrical films, that's totally fine. Because the thing is, like, everyone, like, not a lot of people I know who have actually read those comics, and it's one of those things where it's like, guys, if you read the comics, it's actually as meandering as it, does feel in the movie in fact the movie actually kind of feels like they have sped it up a little more and they've actually feel more more like an adaptation of that story more than anything else Mm -hmm. but jack kirby's eternals feels more um uh philosophical to a certain extent and that's kind of what you need to keep in a ongoing comic book series so for it works in the comic. It doesn't necessarily work 100 percent of the time on film. And I will not call this film the worst out of all the MCU movies. No, I I I I still don't think so. For me, it's a B, but it's a very just like okay, it's 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 a B. I mean, w- will I go back and rewatch it? Probably, probably at least maybe once. But am I like, literally, Shang-Chi just came out on, on digital on Friday. Even though it's on Disney+, Plus, I had to buy it. I had to buy it just so I could own that movie on the go. I'm not relying on Disney+. Plus. I want to own that film. I don't mm-hmm. feel the same way about Eternals.
0: Okay. All right. I mean, I'm... I'm... Like, it's very interesting to see just, like, all the different takes we all have, because I feel like that kind of speaks to the general conversation about this movie, where I feel like it's very divisive. Everyone seems to be on different pages with it. Some people love it, hate it, or, like, some of you guys are kind of middle of the road, where, like, you like it, you just didn't, like, love it. For me, mm-hmm. um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to, because, frankly, the trailers kind of did nothing for me going into it, so my expectations mm-hmm. were pretty low, if I'm being honest, which yeah. I feel like is why... I think I enjoyed it maybe more than you guys did because, you know, watching the trailers, I'm like, this just seems so bland to me. I was like, this, like, none of this really excites me. I, it doesn't really feel like an MCU movie to me in, like, the ways that I want it to. But what I found surprising about this movie is that even though these characters aren't really, at least all of them, aren't given... Um, The depth that I wanted them to like there are certainly characters that are fleshed out more than others, which I appreciated. But, you know, this is a movie that's almost three hours. But like you said, you have like about 10 main characters. So you don't have time to like flesh out all of them probably the ways you want them to. But at the end of the day, it's like I really liked every single one of these characters. And I have to give the film credit for that because I really didn't expect to kind of find myself getting attached to, you know, you know a few of them let alone all of them and i felt like each of them brought something new to the table each of them felt like a fresh character for the mcu i liked learning about them i love the representation i love the fact that even though there's like you know um you know a gay relationship in this movie that there's not like that moment where it's like we're drawing too much attention to it like it just feels normal which i'm like thank you just just present it as something normal and then let's proceed because that's in my opinion the kind of the best representation for that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and just every every performer in this movie was like bringing their A game. I really like the story. There's some tragic stories in here. It spans over a vast period of time, but I really like that we use those different periods of time in order to flesh out characters even though i do feel like this movie is kind of all over the place in terms of like where we are in the timeline and you know it's like we're you know we're thousands of years ago we're hundreds of years ago we're in the present day we're like a hundred years it's just like we're all over the map and that was a little bit disconcerting and it kind of gives you a little bit of uh whiplash unfortunately but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's like i felt like this unfortunately had the burden of giving you all the exposition, introducing you to all these characters, giving you the origin story, because, you know, this is, you know, a a band of people that we've never seen before on the big screen, you know, as MCU fans. So you have to, unfortunately, give the whole origin story thing. But now that I think that we've gotten that out of the way, I think that the potential for these characters to become even more enveloping, even more exciting, is on the table. Like, I left this movie thinking, wow, I did not think I wanted to see more of these characters going into it. But now leaving it, it's like, I'm excited to see where they go next. Like, I really like a lot of these characters. Like, I especially really love Druig. I love him so much. I think that he's such a cool character. And I think he kind of speaks for a lot of the people in the audience. Because I remember I had a lot of, like problems with certain things they were doing in the course of the movie but then he would continuously point them out and i was like my man there he is he's (laughs) like you're like like you're basically calling attention to everything i have a problem with what these people are doing i thought that um richard madden especially was fantastic in this movie as icarus his story is very tragic and i didn't see where that was headed i really liked the movie kind of played with your expectations of him um thinking like okay this is a character i can kind of root for and who i like despite his flaws and what he's done but at the end of the day you're like oh damn it's like i don't want to hate this character i don't want to be on like his bad side It's just like but i really loved the tragic nature of that character i really loved all the performances in this movie and i Definitely think Chloe Zhao did a wonderful job directing it. I really liked how some of these action sequences played out, the camera work, the way it's presented. It was definitely a little bit more um, colorful than a lot of other MCU projects, which I enjoyed. And it felt a little bit, it felt different in a good way for me. Like I wanted this movie to feel different. That's a cool thing about these new Marvel movies that we've come out, at least this year, is that Shang-Chi and Eternals have felt wildly different compared to the MCU and I love that. I love when Marvel gets fucking weird. I love yeah. it. I just and, and that's and and, that, and that's the thing
2: is that people forget this entire year Yeah, this has been the most experimental Marvel has ever been. Yeah, WandaVision, Captain Mm -hmm. and Winter Soldier, Eternals, um, Black Widow. I mean, like all of them falling into different points in the timeline. Yeah, not following the typical Marvel formula of just like you know, oh, one film takes place one after the other and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. They are really going for the fences, and honestly, for a company that did as great of a job wrapping everything up as Endgame did. They're kind of in a tough spot. They're kind of in a really tough spot. And so I applaud them that they are Mm -hmm. that they are not necessarily resting on their laurels, but they're still trying something a little different going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I, I love when they get experimental. Like, it kind of reminded me of when I first saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, wow, this feels so different. This feels so new, so refreshing. Like, I want to explore this part of the MCU a little bit more. So, seeing them get weird this year has been amazing. And, like, I liked seeing like, all these different characters. And I especially love seeing MCU projects where I don't really know a ton about the characters. Like, Eternals didn't really know a ton about, Shang-Chi really didn't know a ton about, but I ended up loving these characters by the time the movies were over. And I think their prospects going forward are super exciting but the thing i really wanted to talk about with you guys like we have to touch on it there was a big credit scene at the end of the credits for this movie that let's say introduced a uh, a character that i think we're all excited for that was recently confirmed by director chloe Zhao. let's talk about it let's talk about the uh blade cameo what the, who wants to start us off on that one what do we feel
3: i mean i'll i'll, I'll take the reins uh you know i was in the uh hall h comic-con 2019 when they did the big phase four announcement and Mm -hmm. the you know the the the, you know we're we're all excited for the Eternals. we're all excited for all the 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 announcements that they made during that thing but the room was at its most electric when mahershala ali came out and donned the blade hat like everyone oh. lost their shit it yeah. was like this is the <laughs> i
0: remember that That was amazing
3: yeah it's like this the, yeah it, it was just like and that, and by the way that's the reason that's what i love so much about comic-con and hall h is just like the like look it's not like i haven't actually watched any of the ones that, that they've done uh, uh virtually because to me comic-con isn't about the trailers and whatnot it's about like the electricity in the air and like mm-hmm. the communal the communal feeling um, at any rate but back to this though it's like you know the you know it, it, this captures a bit a bit of that same excitement um and i feel i feel like they could have done a better job by you know explicitly you know either showing him or saying that it was you know blade in the moment like people would have you know had that same experience in the theater of just like losing their shit uh mm-hmm. but even then, it's like you know you get that you get that quick voice like wait was it, is it, you know, and it's, it's, so it's, you still get, you still get that uh, Mm -hmm. titillating excitement. Um, But yeah, no, I'm, you know, especially because, you know, we've been seeing all these announcements for what the release dates are going to be of the different films and, and when they're coming out. And we still don't have a Blade release date. And so, you know, all this time it's been like, well, you know, 22 years ago, I got excited about this character coming to the MCU and we have yet to see him. Well, now we've seen him or at least we've heard him like we've mm-hmm. hit, Blade has entered the building.
0: You know. <laughs> we can awesome. hear him we can hear yeah. him in the back uh oh, goodness andres what about you were you excited when you heard that voice and did you immediately know who it was or no no it was it was way too fast in
2: the movie i'm sorry oh. it, it, it was it was way too fast it wasn't up until i got home and i saw the um the thing that chloe had put out where she's like oh yeah it's played i'm like how how are we supposed to know that that's that that, that's 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 not the that's not what the mcu has done previously the mcu has always shown people right off the bat i mean Mm -hmm. do you think it would have worked if samuel jackson was like you think you're the only superhero out here and not shown nick fury in the background um i'm sorry but to me cameo the cameo
1: jackson has a little bit more of a distinguished like everyone knows what it sounds like yeah samuel has to the Yes, yeah, prior so to I mean, the first
3: Iron Man, uh Nick Fury was a white man. Yeah, that's
1: so, literally
0: what I was about yeah. to say. Like yeah, exactly. no would, that's who he was playing if they didn't show him.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, but but I will but I will say, um also, Craig, um, going along with you on Comic Con, we might have had a sliding doors moment because we were both in the same room at the same time. And again, that that audience gets deafening. Okay. That audience gets deafening with the right with with, with the right um, build up the stuff. I mean, especially the Murshali stuff. Like him coming out and him putting on a blade thing. Like you could you could literally feel that electricity in the room. And I've got to find my Black Widow uh, hat somewhere around here from from when they gave us the suit we left. Yep, that's uh, the same
3: panel. I have my Black Widow hat around here too.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Back wow. when it still had the uh the date of May 2020, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <Boy>. Oh goodness. <laughs> but but yeah, but in terms of in terms of having Blade in here, it's a it's a nice idea. I don't necessarily know if it fits with the Eternals or that character himself. Um like with the Black Knight character. Yeah, with the Black Knight character. I'm not necessarily sure how that fits, but you know, I'll be willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because a lot of things in the MCU, although people have said that it's a very comics accurate thing, 80% of the things in the MCU is not comic accurate. It feels like the spirit of the character or it feels like the representation, but they change up things here and there in order to make it a little more interesting. I mean, like even the way – um uh, Falcon has his whole journey in, into possibly being Captain America in the comics is way different than it is possibly in the, in the Disney plus series. It's all very different. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mind if there's a change, you just have to have a good reason for the change and for including this character. So, I mean, for I mean for me, it's a nice prospect that <laughs> like Craig has said, blade right. has entered the building, but Right now, it kind of doesn't mean anything for me because it's like, okay, okay. great. He's there, but what are they going to do with him? Like, at least showing a little bit of him or at least showing him just sort of gives us a representation of what direction they're going for Blade. But like like how they did with freaking um, uh, Thanos's brother in the movie. like It's like, oh, they could have easily done the same thing, but at least we can see
0: where they're going with it. I was so pissed. I had that spoiled for me like a month ago. Oh that
3: was no. so- uh-huh.
0: yeah like because I don't know what there was some sort of leak. And I just remember like all over my Twitter feed. It's like, I, as soon as I went on, it was just like Harry Styles, Harry Styles, Harry Styles. Yeah. I was like, Oh fuck dude. Yeah. Ver- yeah. Variety they leaked they it out. Lost their shit. And I was like, yeah, knew it. <laughs> like, I was just yeah, just like, I was yeah,
2: un- unfortunately, uh, Marvel and Disney just need to stop um, inviting uh, variety to any of their things because every single one of their big things they've spoiled, they've spoiled Infinity War for me. They've spoiled Endgame. They've spoiled every single possible thing that they've been invited to Marvel. Just stop. Stop inviting them. Stop inviting them, please. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where people are just like, well, it's well, you know, you don't really need to read the article if, it, if, if it's on Twitter. It's like, no, one person's going to read that article and is going to tweet about it. And then I'm going to come across on my timeline. It's
0: it's inevitable. It's,
2: it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. It's not fucking fair. I'm well,
3: yeah. you know, you know, it's like it's funny uh, not to, to jump too much. But like, I think I think it was it was either Variety or Hollywood Reporter uh, was really the reason why I stopped reading reviews altogether because they, they, across the board, just spoil things too much. And it was like, mm-hmm. it, I remember it was exactly it was the film Logan when Logan came out. I all I wanted to do was scroll to the bottom of the article and see what they graded it, and the last sentence of it talked about Logan dying in the film. It's like. Uh, I can't even see if you thought it was a good movie without you why? spoiling the which ending why? for me. Like oh, that sucks.
0: I'm sorry. My I'm condolences. I'm just like,
3: not just one. done reading reviews. I'm just done. I can't. God, you know, that uh, sucks. I. I know how to make my own decisions on whether a film is good to me or not, and I don't need to risk it being spoiled by reading someone else's thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you guys. That's, that's completely, un- I hate when critics do that. And I do think Variety and The Hollywood Reporter are big examples of like people who spoil things way too much. But before we go down that rabbit hole, because we could talk about that yeah, for days yeah. and days, let's face it, <laughs> Nancy, what, what did you think of the credit scene? Did it get you excited or are you kind of a little more underwhelmed?
1: Uh, well, I'll talk about both. So uh, I watched it with Craig and we were watching uh, the first one and I leaned over and was like, is that Harry's Style?"
0: <laughs> okay.
1: That's like all uh, right. I I love that they cast him for that. I think it's perfect. No, I think would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I was excited about that, and then in terms of Blade, uh, kind of same thing with Andres. I was like, all right, so excited. I was getting pumped, and then it ended. And I had to lean over to Craig, like, okay, so what was that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who was that supposed to be? I don't understand. Um. But once he said Blade, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I don't even care if he doesn't fit. I don't care if it doesn't work. I want to see Blade. I love Blade. (laughs) Put him in there. I'm excited about it.
0: Oh, my. No, I'm, you know, the weird thing is like when uh, that scene played in our theater, like that voice came on and like immediately I was like oh that's got to be Mahershala it's got to be him like it, he has that voice that's like velvety smooth that sounds like it's like dipped in sweet sweet caramel so like I was
1: just like if this is not
0: Mahershala Ali I'm gonna be pretty pissed but I just remember like my sister and I like we were like on the same page so like the scene came up it ended or whatever and we literally at the same time like we both looked at each other and we we're like blade like it was just like we just just knew it because everyone was like who the fuck's voice was that i don't understand and we're just smiling it's like bro that's fucking blade and then they're like oh oh and you literally heard just like oh 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 (laughs) like it would like trickle down the aisle of like oh okay i get it i get it because like the (laughs) last time i felt completely lost by a uh like Marvel's end credit scene. And it's because like, this is way before I started reading any comics. So I was like completely in the dark. So it was like that, um, I think like the Avengers end scene, I think where, where Thanos pops up at the yeah. end and like he smiles or whatever. And I was like, who the fuck is that guy?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was just like,
0: fucking power rangers looking dude like like i don't understand and then someone's like oh that's thanos man he means fucking business and then i like read about him and i was like oh i wish i could have been as excited as other people were about that but like i'm in the boat as nancy where like I mean, one, I don't really know a lot about the Black Knight character. I did some research after the fact, and I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Like, I want to see this explored. Um, but I really don't know how Blade really fits into that character or if, if they've crossed paths before in the comics. Andres, you would probably know better than I would about whether or not they've interacted or not. But just the prospect of Blade just being in the MCU, like, that is probably the future Marvel project I'm, like, most excited for because mm-hmm. I think Mahershala Ali will crush it as Blade, like – If you have to replace wesley snipes because wesley snipes was just perfect as blade but if you're going to replace him mahershal ali is like pitch perfect casting i mean if you even watch him in uh alita battle angel he basically looks like blade in that entire movie so when everyone's like oh you don't think he could be blade and they show a still from it everyone's like oh all
3: right. Alita yeah. <laughs> like, battle, battle Angel was his blade screen test. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, thank but like, you, Cameron I totally, thank you, Rodriguez. I think I felt like that was his way of kind of auditioning without really auditioning, and I just feel like he's going to be so good as that character. So I got super excited about that, and you know, like, I feel like his solo movie. I hope that th- that also feels very different compared to you know the rest of the MCU. But I also think that Morbius coming out is really going to kind of open that door to the whole like vampire. thing thing so that when blade comes in it'll feel like more earned then it's just like okay vampires are now here and like that's a thing now so i feel like morbius will really kind of open that door even if that movie's not great i think it'll at least establish the fact that like vampires are a thing that could be in the mcu so i'm excited about that i'm just so excited for blade like i could go i could go on for days and days i love wesley snipes's blade i love those first two blade films we don't talk about blade trinity we don't do that. Um but the behind the scenes stuff is fun. I don't know have you guys <laughs> heard about that stuff like all the behind I the scenes I have
1: not. Oh, yeah. I actually I was... like Blade Trinity, but it's one of those movies where it's like I'm very aware this is a bad movie, but I still oh, like for it, for it for some reason. Guilty. I, I...
0: So bad.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I I was at a q for Buried um starring Ryan Reynolds uh way right. back when the day and someone asked him about about Blade Trinity, and he went on this whole diatribe about how he like when he saw the movie, he didn't recognize any of the scenes that he was in because they, they were all cut so radically different. He's like, I think I shot an entire an entirely different film than what we got. And, like, even he admits it's a piece of garbage. (laughs)
0: Damn, man. I mean, it's again, it's like I have, like, a specific set of, like, super guilty pleasure movies that I know 100% are shit. But, like, when I watch them, like, I just have, like, a smile on my face because it's just, like, one of those, like, so bad it's good. Like, Blade Trinity's on that list. Wild Wild West is on that list. Even, like, Men in Black 2 is on that list for me. Like, I know are just so bad, but, like, I can't stop watching them once I've started. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like,
1: I have to say in Blade, I think it's in Blade Trinity, my favorite part is when they have the blind lady as the lookout. And i know like, <laughs> why? That makes no fucking sense
0: it's a razor sharp decision i don't know what you're talking about my
1: favorite part of the whole week
0: oh my god that's that's a great
2: part i uh, for for me anytime i think of blade trinity i just can't help but think about parker posey and triple h in the movie well yeah uh,
3: when i think of blade trinity i just think of how much it makes you realize how big professional wrestlers are because Normally, you see Triple H on the screen next to another, you know, similarly sized man, another professional wrestler. And then when you see him on the screen with Ryan Reynolds, like, oh, my God, he's a giant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. But speaking of movies that bring us joy, guilty pleasure movies always bring us joy. But we're entering the holiday season now. So obviously, we're all going to be watching feel good movies. We're going to be watching feel good holiday movies or just feel good movies in general. So I wanted to dedicate a nice segment here to just feel good movies. So we're each of each of us are going to pick a feel good movie that we want to recommend to you guys. Movies that maybe we watch once a year or a movie that we just feel really passionate about that always brings a smile to our face. So we've each got a pick. So first off, we're going to start with Nancy. Nancy, what is your pick for like a great feel good movie that uh, our audience can watch this holiday season that will bring a smile to their faces?
1: So mine is well, first of all, my pick has a caveat to it
0: okay i'll I'll tell you why
1: uh it's not a holiday movie but i when i was trying to think of a movie for this i was thinking of something that i can watch over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and potentially with my family that's kind of how i always judge like a feel-good movie uh if i something that i can watch with my parents and that they're going to enjoy as well uh so mine is mrs doubtfire i feel like it's one I can I can throw on yes. at any point in time. Yes. Watch it; it's so good. If it's on TV, we leave it on. My mom loves that movie. She's seen it ten oh, times, so and that's big for her. She can't <laughs> watch a movie more than once most times. Um, so um, it's it's just so good. Uh, but my caveat to that is, I was actually rewatching it recently. And as an adult I realized how heartbreaking some of those scenes are that I never realized before like when she's talking about getting a divorce when he's in court talking about his kids um mm. but I think that is such a testament how good Robin Williams was as an actor because he had he always had these moments in comedic movies that were so sincere and so heartfelt that it he just it w- would tug at your heartstrings with that but then you cut to things like where he's with uh, the court appointed uh, lady and he's doing an impression of a hot dog mm-hmm. and doing all these voices. <laughs> it's so funny. And I think by the end, you just feel so good about, um, you know, this family who, yes, they are separated and it's not, you know, it's not like other movies where they get back together or, you know, they, uh, I don't know, somehow, you know, make a cohesive family work. It, they're still separated by the end of the movie, but you feel right. so good about it that, they're going to move forward and have a great relationship for their kids. And, you know, their kids are going to get to spend time with their dad. And, you know, it's it's just like a really good heartfelt movie. So, yeah, that's my my pick.
0: I love that pick. I mean, Robin Williams, I always felt like it was like my movie dad. Like, I know for a lot of people, I'm Hanks, but like (sighs) something like you said, like, When you're looking at those like court scenes where he's trying to like kind of profess his love for his family and like fight for his like custody of his kids it's like Mm -hmm. that's when robin williams always like yes he's a super funny guy but my god the warmth that he would bring to the screen like all the time just you know whether it's in that movie or countless other roles it's just he had this way about him it's like when he got serious when he got sincere it's like he was always able to like draw you in and make you feel like you're getting like this like cinematic hug if that makes sense yeah so like you know, like, especially, you know, like in, um, you know, like movies like Jumanji or Mrs. Doubtfire or, you know, Goodwill Hunting, the guy, he just had this amazing warmth to him. So, like, he was not only nonstop hilarious, but, you know, he always registered as someone who just always came across so like genuine so like those laughs there was always this great balance in his movies between like laughs and sincerity you know especially in a movie like Patch Adams like I don't know if you guys are big fans of Patch Adams I love that movie but uh or he can be super funny but then there are times where he can be like really serious and like really sincere so I mean that's a movie that I watch all the time I love Mrs. Doubtfire that was I grew up with that movie it's one of my favorites we quote that movie all the time it's it's, it's, it's my favorite
1: It was a drive-by fruiting. That was like one we quoted all the time in my house when we were kids, so That like one of my favorite lines.
0: <laughs> or like when he's getting like the prosthetics, and they're like singing "Matchmaker." Any like, yes! the- oh my god, that scene That's destroys funny. me every single time. <laughs>
2: his his brother, his brother always makes me laugh. and that, like, mm-hmm. like just just that hardcore smoker's voice is just so available oh, for yeah, people. What do you mean? Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> She's an old lady. Please be careful. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, wasn't that the same guy who was in Independence Day? Yes, yeah, Harvey Weinstein, yeah, yeah. and yeah.
3: he's also a voice in a Mulan.
0: Yeah, he's uh, like, should I leave the office? Like, what do you want me to do, Mother, <laughs> Mother, Mother? <laughs> Wait,
2: uh, go, go over to your mother. And my, my favorite, my favorite in Independence Day, when he's looking at all those, all that fire coming towards me, he's like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man! I think I've realized that we all do a stellar fucking impersonation of this guy. Like not you know, me. our own horns. <laughs> not but gonna I think try. All... You know, Nancy. Well, if you're not gonna try now, I have to make you at least try. Just give us a little taste.
1: Uh, Just a little... <laughs> okay. Next time. Next time.
0: All right. She's clearly, she's, clearly... she's only
3: drinking water today. That's why she's not uh, doing <laughs> the impersonation.
0: I mean, I was very impressed with Craig. So, I mean, you got to meet him at his level. I mean, don't think I'm uh-huh. gonna forget about this next uh-huh. time. I'm gonna bring it right back up, and you, you need to deliver. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> But uh, moving on, Andres, what's uh what's your pick for feel good? Oh
2: goodness, see, now now let's turn into the holidays and all this other stuff. um right. when you asked me about this question, um, there was two movies that sort of came up came up to me uh, for this that always makes me feel good for some reason. and it's a very weird thing. It's not like one of those. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Um, I absolutely love jingle all the way. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> I know I did
0: cast with you guys for a reason.
2: Need, need, uh, <laughs> but, but 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 see but see the thing is when you watch that movie, it's th- there is not necessarily a positive message at the end about. Oh oh yeah, go right ahead, Craig.
3: Do, do you do you need some for, uh, first aid kit for those uh, uh, third degree burns on your hands from pulling out that hot take?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh goodness! Wow! wow. <laughs> Damn! Woo damn oh, Craig, love that I'm glad we paused for that I'm glad that you did that
1: I love the raising of the hand
0: yeah he was just like I have a question
2: for for our for our audio listeners Craig yeah. was holding up his hand and I was like oh he's got something to say let's see what we uh, got
0: nice that was clever
2: yeah but 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 for but for the but for I don't know why but jingle all the way just it's it, it for me it's it's a very nostalgic movie it's not the best christmas movie out there they they break so many rules in christmas movies consistently in this like there's just so many things that you just go wait a minute that doesn't make sense or that doesn't compute or and but at the end of the day it makes me feel so good i just absolutely love the movie from top to bottom And, Mm -hmm. and there's certain questions that you ask where like you know when how the hell does Arnold Schwarzenegger appear in this Turbo Man outfit at the very end? How is this Turbo Man outfit able to fly at the end? Why does Jamie not recognize the clearly Austrian accent that's coming from Turbo Man? Jamie, it's your, don't you like <laughs> like
1: like 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 the moment. I always think of Simpsons. I always think
2: of Simpsons. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's just it's just so great. And then also, Sinbad's in the movie as his this rival postman that's trying to get the this uh this mm-hmm. really hotly hotly sought after toy. I mean, granted, we've all done late late uh, Christmas shopping, but geez, like just the amount of insanity that happens on Christmas Day, I think this perfectly captures it, and it's. It's just, it's just, it's just great all around. I mean, and then also, I mean, what movie will you find Arnold Schwarzenegger getting chased by a reindeer in a house? <laughs> it's, it's zero. You're insanity. You're <laughs> insanity. And, what, what, and, and, and yeah, and, and the constant, the constant, uh, the constant run-in with the cop is something that just makes me laugh every single time. I mean, just how many times do you need to come across the same cop on the same day? For completely different reasons, all the way through, and he's still trying to arrest you. Like it's it's freaking fantastic. I love Jingle All the Way.
3: <laughs> Phil, Phil Hartman trying to sleep with his wife.
2: Yes, Phil I'm Hartman. That. Phil Hartman he's is great. the romantic rival to Arnold Schwarzenegger. The amount of balls Phil Hartman had to have for
1: that one. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's great. Oh, I love him in that.
2: Oh yeah, I I I love I love his one moment where where um towards the middle of it he just looks over at at uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and just goes you can't bench press your way out of this one is like is he actually about to win and sleep with his wife at the end of the movie? (laughs) It's like. kind of i think it's kind of going there guys oh, <laughs> oh goodness God. but yeah it's it's such a fun holiday movie i love it so much it fills my heart full of joy i was over at a buddy um blake schultz who is a friend of mine um i was over at his house and just sitting there on the wall on his shelf of action figures was a turbo man apparently walmart had done an entire run where they had basically made turbo man dolls and that's sick Oh, goodness! No, I I just need to find that. I just need to find that. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll even take the multilingual version of it. it. Isn't they I'll take that. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Uh, Craig, how about you? what's your What's your pick for feel good movie?
3: Um. So, I you know I it, I have a couple. I mean, there's a lot of feel good movies. I have, I, the one that stands out to me. of first, I want to give a. a a, in, in, I'm going to give a, 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 a special mention to my second place that I would have said if someone else said my first place I was worried about. My second place is got... Uh, Return of the Jedi. I mean, that, this for for me, is my favorite Star Wars film because it's just such a feel good film. You start off, mm-hmm. you start off with the uh, you know the Jabba Palace run, which is uh, probably the um, you know my in my mind the greatest sequence of any Star Wars film, and you end with Nub. That's a feel good movie. Um, and but for me, the my my favorite, just like fills my heart with joy every time I watch it, is Elf and
0: ice pick there you know
3: um it yeah i kind of want to tie this back to something uh uh, andres was saying earlier about uh you know chloe zhao being an indie uh director going into superhero. it was like the super the superhero films the best ones have been indie directors coming into this and i actually john favreau this was one of his first uh steps outside of the indie world coming into elf i heard him talk about it he's like well he said in, in indie films You're when you're an indie filmmaker, you are used to um, working with limited resources. And in making these big budget tentpole superhero films, you are likewise working with a limited resource, which in this instance is time. So they're used to having to, you know, work, you know, adjust for having limited resources and having the limited resource of time, even though you have unlimited resources in terms of money and you know, studio power that, you know, the time doing. And so, but t- going back to this, John, this was John Favreau coming, you know, coming out of his indie roots, Will Ferrell transitioning into leading man status, you know, before this, he was, you know, a supporting character in Zoolander and he's a supporting character in Austin Powers. And he's, you mm-hmm. know, coming off a great run in SNL, but this was really him you know, stepping into his own as just, you know, this comedic, um you know powerhouse
1: well i don't know if uh extending you were here partially for the movies that made us episode uh Mm -hmm. so there is a movies that made us episode on elf like Mm -hmm. definitely watch it if you haven't watched it yet Mm -hmm. um but they did say that they actually had a hard time casting will farrell as the lead no one wanted him to be the lead at that point because he was just uh not as well known and then also he was known to be this like very over-the-top like comedic actor so they were ha- actually having a hard time getting people on board to have will ferrell as a lead which is so weird to think about now th- didn't they yeah. like
0: um originally try to cast jim carrey i think that's what uh
1: I-, I think that was their go-to i can't remember from the episode but i think that's originally what they wanted mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but i can't i can't remember at this point.
0: they
2: they originally wanted him but then uh carrie i think turned it down because of the fact that he already done the cringe he's like i've already done my holiday film guys
0: yeah. yeah. And that was, I think, because I think if my memory serves me, Elf came out in like 2003. So yeah. I think that was like the year before he was like in Anchorman and yeah. old school, which kind of like one mm-hmm. to well, the street. Old, old
3: school, well, old school was 03, but he's not the lead in old school. Well, he, the lead's mm-hmm. Luke Wilson. And it's more, but it's more of an ensemble. Um, you know, Luke
0: Wilson's Wilson. Mm-hmm. We stole that movie. That's for sure. I
1: think they were saying that it, he had literally just gotten done um, filming it. And so, what they were having issues with was the trailer came out as they were starting to finish up Elf. And so that's when it got like very convoluted or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would say watch that episode because I don't remember. <laughs> I, I clearly don't remember it very well, but it was a good episode.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> but like,
1: it, it's,
3: it, I feel like Elf is like the Ted Lasso of movies and that it's just about a character oh, that. Everything is... about that sentence. Yeah, he's just so relentlessly positive and upbeat, despite the circumstances around him getting worse and worse. And um, and well, I think that the the one moment in the film that really stands out as you know an establisher of the tone is when a Buddy begins his journey to find his dad, and um, you know the you know you have the little cartoon characters on the side that are like you know like wishing saying goodbye and then you see you know immediately as he's beginning this journey you see this like big horn emerging from the water which looks like oh is this going to be the first like you know spooky scary terrifying moment of the film and all of a sudden, the sudden the animals on the side are like oh no what's happening and then it turns out to be mr <laughs> narwhal in one of the uh you know one, one of the lines that i quote uh, i was like hope you bye find buddy your- hope you find your dad <laughs> like, you know just like so just establishes i like even if something seems like it's going to be spooky no it's going to be fun and just heartwarming and just mm-hmm. comfort you know and comforting and that's that's what this movie is from start to finish and it's just about you know he like he you know he convert you know the the quote-unquote antagonist the villain of the film is his own father played by james khan who's on the naughty list and <laughs> you know in, in the you know much like ted lasso this is just about like you know like his you know infectious positivity you know winning out and converting everyone to to his way of thinking and i think that's what christmas film you know that's what makes it just like such a important and definitive christmas film and just also just an important and definitive like feel good movie and a quick 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 uh, side note i just want a quick anecdote about the film uh is that uh, at the end of the film um not after after they after they, f- after they finished wrapping the film i saw will farrell tell this story on a on a, a talk show when it was coming out he said that as a, as a rap gift he pre- he presented james conn with a uh, the the godfather trilogy he's like hey you know i, I heard about these films I hear the, the first <laughs> two are a little slow but but it really picks up in the third one <laughs> <laughs>
1: and i just wanted to say really quick uh even the elf i'm I'm gonna admit elf isn't one of my favorite movies it's but i can appreciate it for what it is and watching that episode the writer was saying that he had actually lost his dad a little bit prior to that and Mm -hmm. so he wanted to make a feel good classic christmas movie that he could watch with his kids one day and john favreau uh had said the same thing that he had lost his dad as well and so that he wanted to make uh again a classic christmas movie that he could watch with his kids and you could definitely see that throughout the movie and i think that is what i appreciate most about that movie even though it's not my favorite but i can appreciate for what it is
0: well that's good Great. i know there are some people out there who like loathe the movie and i'm like do you have a heart do you do you know yeah. how to smile like
1: <laughs> yeah, those people are wrong
2: let's uh, yeah, yeah yeah smiling is my favorite <laughs>
3: <laughs> Peter, oh, you must be Peter Dinklage is um, oh, oh. It's like,
2: oh, you're an angry elf. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, that's 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 one of those scenes that it's like in today's cancel culture type of thing. That would be one of those things where people would just be like, oh no, for for this scene itself, it should it it shouldn't even be around, or you can't do that. It's like. You can only do that in this movie because you fully, fully believe Will Ferrell the entire way through that entire monologue. He's like, "Oh, did did mm-hmm. did uh, did you get out of the North Pole?" He's like, "Oh my God!" Because he's actually seen elves. It's like oh, yeah. he yeah. grew up with
3: elves. Yep. <laughs> he's an angry he's elf. Like-
0: Oh, my God. But honestly, all these are solid choices. And like, I think I'm going to take a page out of Nancy's book. I'm going to pick something that's not holiday related because I feel like I'm going to save that for when we inevitably have like a Christmas themed episode where we can totally delve into Christmas movies. And Elf is my personal favorite Christmas movie. So I'm just putting that out there. So like once you said that, I was just like, absolutely. Cheers to that. but the movie that I'm picking, because like the whole genesis of this idea of like picking a feel good movie was, I was just, you know browsing Netflix the other night and I was like, I want to watch something that makes me feel good. And then finally, I found it on Netflix, something a movie that I love, near and dear to my heart. That uh, I got, I was lucky enough to see at the ArcLight Cinemas. Is the ArcLight Cinemas still closed?
2: Yeah, or? it's it's closed. I think yeah, yeah. AMC has bought it out here.
0: Yeah, so I had the the good fortune of being able to see it when it came out and experiencing that theater and also seeing like a great movie there. Um, was Begin Again? I don't know if you guys have ever seen Begin Again. It is with Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knightley. It's from the same writer director who did Once and who did uh, Sing Street. So like the guy is three for three in my book, and it's one of the most underrated feel-good movies or just underrated movies in general that I've ever seen and it's like about you know like a music producer and like a singer-songwriter that their paths cross and they end up making like this album together where they're like performing like in all these different live locations around New York City while kind of like repairing each other by like their own like personal trauma and backstory and stuff like that and it's a movie that I could watch on like an endless repeat for like Hours and hours and be completely fine with it. Kieran Knightley and Mark Ruffalo are amazing in the movie. The music is so good. The movie actually manages to convince you that Adam Levine could be a half-decent actor. You know, if you don't know who, <laughs> who he is, he's the main singer of Maroon 5. And it was just, and also it was really cathartic for me because, you know, there's a scene where, like, at the time, like, I used to love, like, classic Maroon 5. And then they kind of, like, sold out and started making all these you know, typical pop songs and completely abandon what they were. That's another conversation for another day. But there's a whole...
3: I just love love the notion that you think there are people out there who know the four of us, but don't know who Adam Levine is. Look, (laughs) you
0: never know. You you never know. You know, we're we're playing to a very specific audience. But uh, I just remember there was a conversation in the movie where you know she's like you know I thought this was like a nice like slow ballad and he's like well I wanted to make it a hit and I'm like and that's why Maroon 5 sucks now <laughs> 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 I wonder if he realized it in the moment when he said it that he was really speaking about his own man but anyway the whole movie like the music's great the humor is fantastic it just makes you smile from beginning to end it fills me up with such joy It ma- reminds me why I love listening to music because like that's one of my passions I love you know listening to new artists and discovering new music Music and just listening to it and like, you know, taking a good mood, making it even better. So it really tapped into that. And it really feels like this great, like vi- vicarious journey where you're kind of watching these characters heal each other without even really knowing it. While you're in this context of this, you know, story of an artist trying to make an album and a music producer trying to have his like comeback. And it's just so damn good. It's on Netflix right now. So if you want to give it a go, by all means, it's there. It's so damn good i think you know like like i said some of those like indie movies they come out of nowhere and they just win your hearts over and that's a movie i could just put in any time and i love it so much i mean have any of you guys seen it or
1: no No. i i
2: haven't had a chance to see it actually i i've seen the trailers for it but i haven't
0: had a chance to actually see it yeah it's absolutely worth your time all these movies are worth your time you know mrs doubtfire elf uh andre's you pick jingle all the way and then you know begin again all these are really great feel-good movies that we highly recommend that you check out and also just thank you for tuning into today's episode we are thrilled to you know have you once again for a new episode we're thrilled to have you know craig here joining us coming into the fold and absolutely just you know blending in with us seamlessly (laughs) so it's a pleasure having you my friend uh also you know like where can we find you on social media for people who are looking for you on the interwebs
3: so I can be found on Twitter at at Barbarian Craig. and mm-hmm. uh, I can be found on Instagram. Uh, it's a less, 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 uh, less, less cheeky. It's just, Uh, C. F. Gagnier, C as in Craig, F as in Frank, and then Gagnier is in my last name, G-A-Y-N-I-E-R, as in the French word, to win, because all I do is win. Speaking (laughs) of which, you can find me playing in the uh, semifinals of the uh, Ultimate Schmodan Singles Tournament this upcoming Mm -hmm. Thursday. Uh, I don't remember what the exact date is of that. Is that the 18th? I think it's the 18th. 18th thursday, yeah. The, yeah thursday the 18th uh, i go up against uh janine the machine in a uh you know a semi-finals matchup that uh nobody knew they needed um uh, but it is um you know <laughs> I, yeah a uh, quick quick shout out to Janine uh in advance of that match because um you know she has been the very first day I went to a shmodown taping, um, it was to see um Time Machine. I was you know friends with Ethan Irwin. And uh it was uh, you know, they said C- Christian invited me to check out the show because I'd expressed interest in playing. And uh so the first person I met was Janine. And um, you know, it was so it's 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 uh interesting that two years later it's all come full circle where she and I are you know competing Mm -hmm. uh, against each other this you know these high this high level of the league anyway that's that's the end of that sentence
0: coming on and making the time we really appreciate it thank
1: you oh I think
0: oh I think he's stuttering a little bit
1: i thought it was oh, me he's back <laughs>
0: i was gone for a second but i'm back damn and of course just as i'm being sincere the internet's like we don't need that <laughs> don't Freeze him bring the laughs you piece of shit anyway craig <laughs> pleasure having you man thank you for coming on real pleasure having you here and uh like i said we would love to have you on again um nancy where can the people find you
1: me at pl underscore band-aid on twitter and instagram you can find me of course here film on tap keep watching and every once in a while on a video chronic quiz i just won for the frighteners love that movie um and uh soon you will find me doing a uh, girl in the ghost present Crazy girlfriend where we are reviewing the whole series of crazy girlfriend one season at a time
0: awesome awesome and andres where can the people find you my friend you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos.
2: Um, you can also find me on Twitch as Galagos two um, hundred nine. You can also find me here as well, and you can also find me over on uh, the video chronic video chronic pop culture quizzes every now and again. Um, although I've kind of taken a little bit of a break on that, but I'll you know I'm, I'm buying my time to see what what a good one to pop in on that is. But then also you can find me on the high voltage media channel, which um, we are currently working on our star Wars episode three episode. Um, We have just done a couple other things previously. We also do the show called um, all time gaming, which Being very timely with the release of the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Editions, um, we actually discussed uh, Vice City. So go ahead and check that out and check out that underrated game. Uh, Not underrated, but like underappreciated, I would say. But yeah, anyway, um, you can find me there and you can also find me here. And uh, I might or might not have an announcement by, by the time we film next time.
0: Oh, okay. Leave yeah. the people with something to look forward to. I like it. I like
1: Serious. it. There you go.
0: Okay, I see how it is. Uh, And uh, if you're looking to find me, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. And if you want want to find me on Facebook, it is Chattelbash Reviews. And of course, you can find me here on the Film on Tap podcast uh, every other week. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of Film on Tap. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you had a good time. Uh, We certainly did. And we'll see you for the next episode of Film on Tap, the show where we've got the tap that never runs out. So until next time, guys, you guys have a great one and we will see you for the next episode. Have a good one, guys.
2: Cheers.